Welcome to the Shooting the Cue podcast, presented by Heath Riles Barbecue, with tips, tricks, and an inside look with some of the top pitmasters in the game. Now here's your host, Heath Riles. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Shooting the Cue. Today, I'm joined with my lovely wife, Candace. How you doing today, baby? <laughs> Why'd you giggle when you said that? Like you I had something know. to say. I guess because me and you has been going back and forth so much trying to get this intro kind of started in here. This is only about our fifth take. Your fifth take. But R. We're here now. I say R because it's ours together. It's yours is mine. That's what the lawyer said. <laughs> well, look. It's been a crazy last few weeks, all the travel that we've done, uh, you know, being on the road and back in the office and on the road again. So um, let's just kind of recap. You know, we first headed to Jack Daniels on uh, October the 11th. Yep. And uh, we took separate vehicles. So some of the guys went with me, and then you brought the baby up, uh, and we rented a house on Tim Ford Lake. Yep. That is always a beautiful place. Whiskey Cove, I believe, was the house. I really liked it, except the for the it. driveway part. <laughs> the driveway, it was, that was an interesting driveway. I would hate to see that, like, in snow and ice, because it yeah. was, it was something crazy. Me too. Just kind of had to hold your breath. Well, you couldn't, for me, I was turning on my camera on the front of my truck, because you couldn't look over the hood and see where you dropped off. It just. But you couldn't look over the hood of my truck either, and I didn't, I don't have that kind of camera, well, I have that camera now, but. My other one, I did not have that camera at the time. Yeah, it was just, I don't know, crazy. But it was a beautiful house. It was. Um, you know, two kitchens, uh, mm. one upstairs and one downstairs, and uh, bed living areas and all that, entertaining, a lot of concrete. Uh, we had a lot of good time there. We actually cooked dinner there when we were at the Jack several nights, grilled out, all that kind of stuff. Um, it was fun. So on over to the Jack. I know that we went over and uh, kind of walked around, visited with some teams, uh, hung out on Thursday a little while, mm-hmm. went back, like I said, cooked dinner, and then we went back Friday and hung out yeah. a while. And uh, <clears throat> only thing Friday, it did start misting rain on us a little bit, you know, Not around bad. lunchtime, but it quit. Um, but just <clears throat> being able to see some of our good uh, good friends do very well in the contest I thought was great. Um you know, and I guess we'll get to that in just a minute. One of the other things we did, we took a distillery tour. We did. Now, we've done that a couple times, but it's changed from when we done it last time, right? Yeah, they didn't give me the Sinatra. That's the one I liked. Yeah, the Sinatra was good, but, I mean, well, just to... <clears throat> no, the like, tour itself, like the information they provide is a little different. Yeah. But I'm sure they have to do that because I think a lot of people go... A lot of times, so yeah. you try to make it a little different. And I think each guide probably tells their version. I mean, it's all the same version of the story, but like, everyone kind of tells it a little different, I right? Guess. <clears throat> That's and what was. Do you remember the name of our guide? I do not. Anthony. H- Anthony, thank you, Jacob. <laughs> uh, I knew somebody sober would remember. Um, well, Anthony actually come found me after we got off of that, and I was oh, getting really? my bottles at the bottle shop, and somebody must have told him that I do barbecue because he asked me several questions and carried on and uh, and shook my hand again and all that. Really, really nice guy. You know, because I was asking a lot of questions about kind of how the whiskey was being made and what do they do. Yeah, with you're charcoal. being that person. Well, I was trying to. They're all like. I mean, this, how do they make their charcoal process to how to filter their whiskey <clears throat> and how much they're burning at a time? I, I was kind of i want to know those kind of things. he knew all the answers he did very very knowledgeable um uh, you know moving on to that contest we got to witness um uh, 
Uncle Pig's Barbecue GC that contest out of New Jersey, um, which was great. I know. Well, you left Saturday. Well, we went that. to the Hill Friday. You completely yeah, I'm skipped skipping that. all over the place. Um, I thought we were going to go there for a minute, but I guess well, not. we did. Let me back up and punt. <laughs> this is all over the board today. <clears throat> not organized at all. But yes, we did go up on the hill. And for anybody that's not been up on the hill at the Jack, it is kind of like a big pavilion that they host like company events and parties and different things like that at. has a huge fireplace, catering kitchen in it, and, uh, of course, bars, multiple bars. And uh, they have live music, um, and it's just they get all the teams together. And um, what do we have? Fried catfish is what they catered. and They had fish, and they had chicken. Like, um, it wasn't fried chicken, but it was, like, roasted chicken. Yeah, some Some kind kind of roasted chicken, chicken, vegetables and desserts and all that. Uh, It was just a really, really good time on the hill. I know we stayed, what, a few hours and then left, two and a half hours, something like that. Um, and it, but it was just a great time. Yeah. And so Saturday moving on the event, uh, you know, we got there kind of early and I went and hung around some teams and actually got to catch chicken turn in with one of our teams, Carrie Chastain. He done chicken and, and ribs with him. And then, uh, we kind of moseyed around and we thought we were going to catch somebody else's pork, but we didn't get to. And, um, then awards started happening. You know, we wanted to catch some of the dessert turn-ins, so we went up there by the the turn-ins, and Jacob and Logan filmed a lot of the dessert turn-ins. Yeah. Which was, as you know, incredible, some of the entries. Yeah, I didn't I mean, get to see them this see. year, but, I mean, I've seen many years past, and they're always great. Yeah. And we'll try to throw some of the footage up on the camera here to show some of the dessert turn-ins. It's just kind of wild, the presentations that they do and, and all that, but it's uh, – I don't know, everybody kind of talked about the desserts kind of blew everybody out again this year. You know, the food's always good, but everybody always brags on the desserts and the chef's choice up there. Kind of what it's up to the chef of what they cook, Um, you know, which is always really cool. Um, We had a lot of teams get calls. Bill Gillespie was smoking hogs and won first place chicken. Uncle Pigs won uh, first place ribs. Uh, First place pork was smoking magic. And then uh, first place brisket was more better barbecue. Uh, we did have a chance to sit down with Darren Worth too, to talk mm-hmm. a little bit that morning. Yes, I did, uh, and that was a good talk with Darren. Um, you know, Darren's one of the great cooks. Uh, yeah, Sherry talked to the side out of the camera view. Yeah, no doubt. She, I'm sure she's about like you. Um, you know, we talked to Charles Crittenden about chicken too there to jack had a good time um i don't know and just winning the event i kind of skipped to that uncle pig's barbecue won gc out of new jersey and we happened to be standing beside him filming him when he actually won and so to catch that on his face uh to capture that moment for them was i thought pretty incredible uh and it gave me that feeling there and just being around it. It did give me that itch at the moment I wanted to go cook some more barbecue, uh, you know, for a contest. But we're kind of a little busy. Yeah. Well, that contest is like that. I've always said, I think I've said it on several podcasts, it's one of the few that gives you that feeling, like just a special feeling that a lot of other contests don't. Yeah. It's, I don't know, being up there, it definitely, I guess, the cool air and seeing everybody, um, I didn't get to interview as many teams as I wanted to because the Jack is so fast-paced and with so many turn-ins and 
uh, just everything going on. It's, I didn't want to get in people's way. Yeah. You know, in their trailers and yeah. things like that. Uh, and at the Jack, as you know, even we went, we carried extra people and, you know, everybody wants to experience that party. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I didn't want to be rude and offend anybody and get anybody's way or I would have got a little more content in the trailers. Uh, but that Jack is just a different kind of event that you really can't do that at. Yeah, I agree. But coming back the very next week, we made our way over to Roswell, Georgia. Yes. Over to the Royal Oak Invitational. Mm -hmm. And that is always a good time being at Royal Oak's home office. Yeah, they have a really beautiful, like, just area kind of, I mean, it's not out of the way per se, but it kind of sits back by itself in like a little cove or something, I guess. Well, it's a pavilion right on the side of a pond, kind of right Well, I just mean like their whole office like the whole campus or whatever you would like to call it just kind of in the back i think it's kind of cool road. that it's hidden behind a home depot i guess yeah. that what you mean yeah like you have behind. to go back and it's yeah that's what right I'm off of main say. street but you would never know it was there unless right. you were unless going you know to know where you're going yeah and just being on that facility though all the the trees around and there's deer that comes out and drinks out of the pond and all that kind of stuff you know um wildlife and i don't know it's just an incredible event venue in my opinion i know they had packed a lot of teams in there and we were lucky enough to be able to sit down with numerous people while we were there right but we started off on saturday or on friday actually with a with a little bit of a demo we demoed some uh steaks we done a big huge tomahawk uh we done some regular ribeye cuts and we done some new york strips i'd made some compound butters up at home, I done a lime jalapeno compound butter uh, that went very good with the garlic jalapeno New York strip. Done some Worcestershire butter to go with the ribeyes uh, that turned out very well with the garlic in them and all that in Worcestershire. Uh, of course, made with a W sauce and uh, a little bit of Kerrygold butter and a few other things. But I thought the steaks turned out good. Did you get to try the steaks, by the way? I did not. I didn't really try. I mean, because most you're doing that demo and those demos are mostly for the employees of Royal Oak and there were a lot of them there watching you. So no, I didn't try to, I figured that was more for them. I wasn't trying to take away from them. Well, I'm sure you got one of Malcolm's drinks. Cause oh, he I did. a demo right after. <laughs> no, I did go take that away. No, there was plenty. Um, that was kind of different. They gave you so many steaks to cook and there were so many people. So I wanted to make sure those people got to try that. But with Malcolm and them, they had, a whole lot of beverages and I kind of waited once everybody had kind of come through and then I did get one and it was, it was good. What did they call it? Um, bullfrog? Bullfrog punch. Yeah. Bullfrog punch. It almost really tasted good. like, um, like sherbet to me. Like, you know, the sherbet ice cream, which I guess would almost be like, I know in the South, whenever you go to like a wedding shower or a baby shower, they make that punch and it's always got like seven up or Sprite and sherbet in it, which I'm sure, some of that was the basis for his punch. I'm sure. I don't think it had sherbet in it. I think it, it had limeade and lemonade in it and or pink lemonade <clears throat> or something. Vodka. But it was very good is where I was going with that. It wasn't It wasn't too sweet or fruity, but it was just right, I guess. Just right. Yeah. And so we did end up going to dinner with Malcolm and Rochelle uh, yep. that Friday night. But that Thursday night, we went over to Oak Steakhouse. And uh, uh, was that in Alpharetta? I think. Was it in Alpharetta? I think it was Alpharetta that we went to Oak Steakhouse. And I was, thought it was okay. It was, it was, 
it was okay. It was your average restaurant. Yeah, average, I mean, I don't I mean anything bad by that, yeah. but nothing was just nothing over the top. Water. But nothing was bad. Now, let's talk about <laughs> going to Pompa's Steakhouse oh, with Malcolm right. and Michelle and Jacob. Yeah, um, that was y'all are welcome for picking that. Yeah, you did. You picked a good one, and <laughs> I had been there before, though. Yeah, I had me, not though. Me and Rick had been there once. You picked it, and. Uh, I told you that it was good, a good place. You said, oh, it's good. It was better than good, wasn't it? It was. I it's probably out of all the places I have been to eat this year, I'm going to put it to the top of the list. It was it was really in the top three. It was really good. Yeah. I mean, and I had soul, fish, me and yeah. Malcolm both. Yeah. You I, had a filet with. I had That's where I had the um, horseradish parmesan crusted filet. Yeah, I thought that Y'all was Y'all liked it, so, I mean, it was good. But I do believe that Rochelle's steak kind of stole the night for me. Um, I try. I mean, I think we all tried it. I did like it. For me, I liked it, but it wasn't something that I could sit there and eat a whole piece of meat. Like it would just be one taste for me, and that was enough. So she, Rochelle, had a ribeye cap steak, uh, and it was a wagyu. I'm pretty sure uh, cap steak. And I'm going to tell you, just she gave me a bite of it, and it was incredible as far as flavor wise whatever they good. seasoned it with there and they nailed the texture uh the doneness anyway perfect medium rare and it was i don't know spectacular I thought it, it was, was almost great. like a rich piece of meat in my opinion oh, no you doubt. know and i don't i don't eat ribeyes really i mean i'll try them but they're not my favorite i know well you I like no fat crucified for that but i'm just not a ribeye fatty person i like filet lean cuts and i did actually want to try what was that the brick that they had or whatever that would have been good to try but it was like 14 ounces or something and 14 ounces for me i can't eat that much center cut filet mignon made into a brick shape yeah which is going to be the tail end of the uh filet is what they done they trimmed it down all be uniform to look like a brick instead of chateau brile part yeah center of a loin which is still a really good yeah but i knew i couldn't eat that much so. i'm sure it's really good too and then of course to to end the night you know anytime that i see table side banana fosters on a menu you always order it. i'm gonna order it that's true um i used to not eat bananas as a kid and I, I like banana pudding and all that and my grandmother used to make me banana pudding without the bananas at one time uh, but and I you eat bananas. say our kid is spoiled. I know but you're getting pudding without. Bananas. But now, just the table side banana foster thing. You don't. We don't get that probably once every couple of years when we go somewhere like that. And uh, it was really, really good there, no doubt. That and we had that other dessert that was you liked so much. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was like a Argentine version of tiramisu. I don't yes. remember the exact name of it, but it was like. Basically, an Argentine tiramisu, whatever that is. Basically, but a it lighter, was less rich. Yeah, less rich. A traditional, and really lighter, as far as being fulfilling, like really light. Yeah. Of course, they didn't give you nothing but a little. It, it couldn't have been three ounces serving that it was, you know, yeah. but it was really, really good bite. I mean, I'll I don't, I don't think I had anything. Nothing was bad there. No, my wine was good too. Yes, the wine was good there, no doubt. So while we were at Royal Oak, we were lucky enough to be able to sit down with Jim Bennett, who's the CEO. And we had a really good conversation with him just about how Royal Oak operates, kind of what Royal Oak means to him, 
and kind of how Royal Oak is involved in such the cooking community itself and just being a, a great, iconic American brand. Yeah, he kind of went over the last, what, few years of how they, where they were and how they got to where they are now, which was interesting, too. So It really was. And, and what a lot of people don't realize, Royal Oak really tries to be sustainable with their business practices. They use end cuts from sawmills to make lumber with and, you know, trees instead of going out here and try to cut down whole forest. Right. And I know some people complain about, you know, you see things, they may find a nail in there or something every once in a while in a bag. And, I mean, it's hard to catch that when a nail's in a tree or something. You get yeah. that anywhere. I think people's just going to complain regardless. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going to. I mean, lump charcoal is lump charcoal. I mean, you, they filter it out of any briquettes, but when you crush it down but that way. But we were also lucky enough to sit down with LC's Barbecue, Phil and Carmen yeah, uh, out, of out of Texas. I mean, really stellar people I have been around him several times and didn't really uh, hadn't really talked to him a lot i feel like he kind of educated me on texas um barbecue as far as the organizations there because i didn't me personally i knew that they had their own like organization in texas but i didn't realize i think he went over like four different ones and i didn't realize there were that many i didn't either so that was kind of interesting something we talked about with them i thought yeah it was um you know he's got his own product line yeah. that does very well um and he travels all over, and I asked him, I said, well, what do you do for a living? And he said, well, actually, barbecue now. And it's always good to see somebody else being full-time in barbecue. And I think he told me he had been doing it a couple of years, right? Um, uh, I think so. Which was great. Not too long. But. Well, then we was able to sit down with our good friends, or good to say friends. We were able to sit down with Jeff from Shiggin' and Grinning. Yeah, Derek was uh, busy. Derek was busy out there. Jeff had him doing work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, and we were also fortunate enough to catch Jeff during turn-ins for ribs, yeah. uh, which was, I thought, fantastic. Uh, they were only given three racks of ribs to cook, and he had to turn in what he was given. Um, you know, that's a big thing about that contest. And we also sat down with Smoking Scullies, Brian uh -huh. Corbett. And you Brian also filmed him during brisket turn-in. Got him during brisket turn-in. He had a really good beefy brisket, really, really good. Um, we also sat down with Chicken Fried Barbecue, Bill and Vanessa Purvis, yep. another good Texas team. And, you know, talking about LC's Barbecue, you cannot hear really Chicken Fried Barbecue without hearing LC's Barbecue because every weekend it seems like those two, when they're cooking in Texas, there's your grand and reserve winner right there. Yeah, Both of them are tearing it up, doing very well for themselves. Uh, and actually, Bill, he's full-time in barbecue now too. Yeah. Um, and uh, having a stellar year, both of them are, and uh, both of them are some hella brisket cooks for sure coming out of Texas. Don't count them out on pork or ribs or anything like that. LC's actually won first place rib at the Royal Oak Invitational. Did uh, he say if his brisket was a, like a sweeter type too? Because like I know that Chicken Fried said that he kind of goes for he a says sweeter he's type in his brisket. Yeah, um, and I know you tasted his brisket, Chicken Fried. I didn't think it was and, that sweet to what oh, I would really? say sweet. No, I just know that they kind of said they go sweet. That kind of made yeah. me wonder because you know I'm, sweet. I'm very particular about brisket, but I was just curious. Well, I think when a lot of people say sweet to us, they probably mean savory. Mm. Um, really not. It may have a little sweet element to it, but. To me, when I think of something sweet here in Memphis, you know how they eat ribs here. They're like candy. Yeah, that's over the 
And uh, uh, even though everybody thinks <clears throat> Memphis is known for that dry rib because, you know, the rendezvous has pounded that in everybody's head, a lot of people here eat a muddy-style rib. Yeah. And uh, when they go out. And I don't know, that is pretty much sauce with rub on top and letting it tack up. But, I don't know, it's um, – I love a good Memphis-style rib. I'm just not a dry rib person. They're all right, but I'd rather have a saucy, sweet rib. But back to the sweet stuff, it, I didn't feel like it was that sweet to me. I was just curious. And maybe maybe they stem from Texas, which is like a traditional salt pepper. Salt pepper. And so putting anything other than that, maybe they consider it sweet then. That yeah, may do be it. the truth. Now, we also sat down with Bill Gillespie from Smoking Hogs. Yeah. And uh, Bill has had an impressive career, right? Uh, in barbecue, I mean, he's got out. What do you say? Four cookbooks now. Four, I believe. Um, yes. I did not know that. I thought he only had one one cookbook. I did not, or two. I didn't realize he had four. Yeah, that's a lot. That's it a is. lot of recipes. That is, and to tell us how he done his writing and shooting and interesting recipe development. I mean, I know that he was very busy because that's not a. That's <laughs> not easy. Yeah, that's a lot at of all. Uh, now, we were also able to sit down with Fergalicious Barbecue, Richard Fergola. And Richard is another one of those guys I hear making in the barbecue world. He was a PE teacher. No, not a PE teacher. A science teacher, he was, right? He was a wrestling coach, I know. Um, I think he was some a teacher. kind of teacher, too, as well. Yeah, yeah mostly he mostly talked, talked about, about being a wrestling coach. And you know, I didn't ask him on the camera, but he don't look like much of a wrestler to me. Well, when you talk about wrestling, when you come to, like, high school and college level, those guys aren't, like, a rest, like what you're imagining, like they ain't Hulk corn- Hogan. They're it's not, not, like, that kind of wrestler. Well, no, but they're not cornbread and beans, like, down here in the South, either. Well, I mean, no, we're full of cornbread and beans down here. <laughs> no, I feel like the wrestling that I've seen when it comes to, like, high school and college, it's more, most of them are more, like, lean. I mean, they have weight classes, of course, but, yeah, they're not, like, all... I mean, some of them might be all muscled up and stuff, but that's not yeah. the typical. I, and I don't know if he was a wrestler or not, or if he was I just a coach. Know. I don't. I don't know. That's well. He know. he's now he's full time barbecue. Yeah, he doesn't do. He's that got now. a great line of products out, um, and we were able to sit down with him and talk about his brand, and some of the things he's been going through, and then uh, we also sat down with a good friend, Rick Hewitt from Three Taxi Guys. Yep, and. For the people that don't know Rick and them, Rick out of Georgia, three taxi guys. You know, one of the partners is from uh, out in Pittsburgh and one's in San, San Francisco. Francisco. And they were all taxi cab owners, one in Atlanta, one in Pittsburgh, one in San Francisco. And they always loved cooking and all that and kind of started this barbecue team. And they built a the what, cab a kind of after the sheds, yep. a Willis Jeep smoker. And uh, Brad helped helped them build that, sent it to the same weld shop and all that. And and they wound up on TV with Brad and all that. And uh, But Rick is just good people. Owns a checkered cab there in Atlanta. His family's had it for what? Uh, he told us in the interview. Great-granddad started it? I think so. Yeah, it's just uh incredible guy, but incredible guy. So moving on now to who we actually got to follow through with boxes which was really interesting to me to be able to show that side of it. And it did give me that itch that I wanted to go build a box again to cook. But, you know, I'm not. I see you rolling your eyes over there. Uh, just don't have the time. But we were able to um, actually follow Childs of Wolf's Revenge and his team through Chicken Turn-In. Right. 
and you see the little processes that it takes that he spent on chicken, whether it was scraping sauce off that he had set on a same chicken. I haven't seen it yet, but and and went back and. I mean, just as far as him putting it in the box and saucing it and putting it on the cooker and then charring it on the grill. And I think he's a very particular person anyway. Very, very <laughs> precise. Very. And, you know, that's what it takes. Yeah, that's not a bad he thing. He got down to second place. He didn't call his name. He looks at me because I happen to be standing beside him, and I said, well, you got first place. I said, I filmed this. There's not a doubt in my mind that you did not win first place. And they called him for first place, and I said, I told you the chicken was that good because it yeah. really was. It was really good. Uh, and so he got first place chicken. Then we were able to film Jeff, like we said, through ribs. And then we were able to film, uh, and, and Jeff and Derek, not time to discredit them, but they walked us through ribs, kind of how he picks his. And talking about two simple guys in a setup. Yeah. What do you say? They probably waste eight or nine dishes the whole contest. I, so I wasn't in there because they have a, such a, Small precise truck. area that uh, I stayed outside to give y'all room, but so it, I didn't it, get to hear everything. And I haven't was, seen uh, it yet. They had a very unique process of how they did the ribs, how they returned with the cooker and then boxing them up, which I thought was very cool. And then we moved on to Drew Davis from Razor Racks, who's way more minimal <laughs> than that. He had three drums in the back of a truck, a pop-up tent, and a six-foot table. And uh, Drew ended up winning pork or second place in pork, excuse me, and he ended up winning the contest. Yeah. Uh, but Drew is one of the only people that I know of. He's went and cooked a whole KCBS contest on one gateway drum and won it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could do that. I'm way, I like cooking too much meat to do that. But he had a great cook. Glad we followed him all the way through. And then to win it, win it, it was just awesome to see it. Yeah. And we've cooked around Drew for years now and – uh, you know, some people started to call South Haven Spring Fest the Drew Invitational. I mean, we say for years, but that makes me feel old, I guess, because I think at one point he said his age, and he said he was like 34. And I was just like, what? Well, you're not much older than that. But I am older than that. I mean, you would have thought as much as as much as much we've heard his name, he's done very well for his age, is, I so guess, what are you trying to say? I'm old because you heard my name? <laughs> I don't know. I just, like, I mean... I'm not saying you're old, but a lot of the names that people are used to in this sport when it comes to the U and Malcolm and Darren Worth and and all of those people where we could just name a long list, not many of them can say they're 34 years old and have won a lot. You're right. You're exactly right. That's just my opinion. Drew's a good cook, and he's got a long road ahead of him. Uh, I figure we're going to hear his name a lot more. Yeah. Well, and then our last one was another one of our category teams. Uh, we went through brisket with Brian Corbett with Smoking Scullies, like I said. And uh, and Brian kind of asked our advice, you know, what else does it need? And I said, well, it needs a little pop, needs this. And, and I think he ended up getting a call in brisket, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just really good. So your first place chicken winner, like I said, was uh, Wolf's Revenge. First place ribs winner was LC's Barbecue. And we interviewed LC. I wish we could have followed him through. Uh, damn fine beef and swine, who's actually a Heath Rouse barbecue branded team. Uh, they won first pork. place pork. And then uh, Rum Runners out of Georgia won first place brisket. Um, and so I thought that the, for the them to supply the guys with briskets and butts and ribs and, and chicken and everybody kind of be in the same even playing field, yeah. that it was pretty cool. All the people that are invited, they get their meat when they get there. They can't bring it. 
Yeah. So they're all the same. Well, other other uh, sponsor teams that we sponsor that we're cooking it, you know, Wolf Revenge, Yes Deer Barbecue, Muttley Crew, Limp Brisket, Great Pig in the Sky, and Damn Beef and Swine. So we had several teams over there representing uh, for sure. Um, and as far as at the event, I had a great time uh, just being around everybody and seeing everybody and, uh, you know, being over at Royal Oaks offices is like one big family. You've seen that. Yeah. Everybody kind of just it's one big free for all over there, which is pretty cool. They provide the ice, they cater dinners and meals in for everybody, and uh, do a big potluck on Friday night, which is really cool. We opted to go to the steakhouse later, and we didn't eat the potluck, but uh, it just always a good time at the Royal Oak offices. Yeah. Well, as far as everything going on with the event, what was your favorite part of the event? I think honestly, just being able to bring in. I, I don't know that it was part of the event per se, but it was kind of just being able to bring in the people that we got to sit down and talk to. Um, a lot of those people, I I mean, some of them I, I know and I've met along the way, but some of those I had never met before. And it was just interesting to get to sit down with new people that you don't always get to see because some of them, some of them live as far away as like Massachusetts, you know, so you don't run into them down in the, the south very often so I, I know and that's that's one of the biggest things for me i think is being able to see the people that we don't get to see like yeah. going to the jack or going to the right. rural invitation or going to memphis in may these bigger events and and so i do think that being able to see these people like at the events like that and catching them in their element since we don't cook as much anymore i do want to keep that style up and start going to a few other events you know picking three or four a year to go to throughout the year and just capturing content and the raw emotion that people has during the turn-ins and during awards. And I don't know, it's a, a different end of barbecue cooking for me instead of just cooking it. And so I'm looking forward to continuing that kind of tradition you yeah. know, throughout. And so these next few weeks, we're going to have a few of these. Uh, we're going to pair these teams up that we sat down with at Royal Oak, kind of air them out two teams at a time every week. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're going to keep on going to a few events and laying it out and, and putting it out there. So this full video will be available soon of all the podcasts put together, um, you know, week after week. And it, it gives really a big insight into the teams, you know, that are cooking these events. Because, like you said, one from Massachusetts, Texas. Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. You're, you're capturing people from all over. And at the end yeah. of the day, everybody's coming together. For good food, good friends, and good times. And that's what it's all about to me. Yeah. All right, folks, that's a wrap on this week's podcast. Next week, we'll have Jim Bennett and LC's Barbecue coming up. And remember, today we're just talking about shooting the Jack Daniels and the Royal Oak Charcoal. And be sure to like our channel and uh, share our podcast with your friends. We're going to keep bringing it out weekly and interviewing more and more people and uh, talking about what everybody wants to hear. And that's Shooting the Q. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Q podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the cue.